I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Live from the Central European Zone, whatever that means, it's a wheezing, groaning sound, the only podcast about Doctor Who. I'm Tom Deenan, and welcome to this, the first of our festive group of groaning pods. We'll be singing carols about Silent Night, Rudolph the Red Can Reindeer, and covering everything in Savalon Glitzer. Glitter. <laughs> hey! hey. <laughs> of course, joined, as usual, by the two wise men following the neutron star to the Salamanga, Manger, <laughs> I will be joined by the brilliant, the incredible Paul Litchfield and John Ray. Hey! Ho, 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 etc. Yeah. Lovely stuff. But today's show is all about what the Germans call Das Doppelgänger. And as such, we can't just have one Tom. We have to be joined by the brilliant star of Crowley Time, Wooden Overcoats and the Royals. But most importantly, that video where he does impressions of all the Doctors. It's the incredible Tom Crowley! Yes! Holly jolly, batter my nuts and all that Hello. kind of thing. Hello! Tom, you cretin! <laughs> yeah, it's, we'll get them all out before the end of this episode, I'm sure. Nice. I, I, I like the fact that before we even began, Tom, you decided to bleed your radiators gently. <laughs> yes, I'm just sort of letting some, just letting some of the uh, the excess moisture out because uh, the the wintry season is coming upon us, uh, as do many things. Oh, that's I don't need to know about your private life, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> we're off to a flight. I do. Oh, <laughs> right. Well, I'll send you an email as we're recording, just detailing Thank you. some of the more insalubrious details. <laughs> um, Tom, I have a question for you. What Hi. what did first got you into Doctor Who? Do you know it was always something? Well, when I was a child, when I was a lad. Mm. Uh, in the 1990s, it was a Doctor mm-hmm. Who kind of free zone, apart from the yes. arrival of the, the seminal yeah. American film, mm-hmm. uh, where everything seemed to sort of be made of plastic, and and the master was was I think one of Prince's backing band. I, I, yeah. It's a hazy memory now. <laughs> he was a snake. He was a snake. Oh, he was a snake. Yeah. He was yeah. a snake that sang in Prince's backing band. Mm-hmm. I remember. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, very, very elaborate plot that had. But uh, yeah, so I remember there was a Doctor Who night and I think that was the premiere of the um, of that American film. Yes, Am I, right I remember that? that well. You know, I remember yeah. that well. There were some sketches about the creation of Doctor Who which really stayed with me. And in my head, it was the League of Gentlemen doing them. And I'm pretty sure that can't be true. No, it was Gattis and Walliams. Yes. Ah, okay, yeah. here we go. So Mark Gattis and David Walliams, there you go. Yeah. So very controversial, least... those uh, sketches in the very. end. Well, the one thing I remember is what must have been Mark Gatiss based on the um, the accent, looking mm. at a proposal sheet and going, Drew, mm. and uh, then being corrected, oh, that's Doctor Who. Not strong, but I enjoyed yeah. the <laughs> in the it's middle of... It's a bit of fun, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a laugh in the middle of quite mm. a sort of loving tribute. And that it was the almost first sounds like episode. fun, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> Well, I believe it, that um, Gatiss, uh, well, that Colin Baker still refuses to speak to Mark Gatiss as a result. 
Oh, really? Well, because he said any old cunt with an equity card. Yeah. <laughs> and Colin Baker was like, even though that could refer to anyone, that's referring to me. <laughs> it's been covered on this on this show before, like how accepting Colin Baker's been of the treatment he's had. Was it a game to see how far you could push it and Gatiss was the one? <laughs> Listen, listen Colin, Colin can't even hear what we're saying because he's literally got olive oil in his ears. Oh, God. <laughs> no, We've oh been God. building bridges this year. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sadly, Colin, he made them you. collapse. But... <laughs> also, go, going, go, going back to that night of Doctor Who, yeah. I noticed that David Williams also had a rider in his contract where he had to come back into Doctor Who and ruin it for everyone. <laughs> Isn't that all culture, though? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Well, yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> no, we're not a fan on Wheezing Pod. Uh, no. I liked it when he was swimming. That was fun. Yeah, he came back, though. That was not yeah. fun. <laughs> Good swimmer, though. We can all agree on that. Oh, uh, yeah. Strong, strong swimmer. swimmer. Yeah. Famously. Just, just not the stroke well, we were after. <laughs> Once you put that much oil in water, it just floats. <laughs> Gosh, I'm obsessed with oil today. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Colin, Colin will think you're talking about him now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's a loyal way, listener, please, isn't he? Please buy Casual GTX. Um, yeah. <laughs> so ca- carry on, Tom, about your Doctor Who. Oh, my origin story with Doctor Who. In, yes, yeah, your origin story. Well, so that was it, was, it was odd sort of chunks of things, as I recall. You didn't really get to see a whole serial or anything. It was a documentary, various mm-hmm. kind of bits of archive stuff, the, the American film. I, th- I have a hazy memory, I think, of seeing Dimensions in Time as well. Mm. From oh, wow. when I was very young. <laughs> like, very, very dim. What year was that? Like, 93 or something? That's what Pertwee said. Mm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what year is Just this? Just one of the things we share. I yeah, exactly. Like, what year is, <laughs> what year is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you'll find I'll beat the year out of you, Joe. Not <laughs> <laughs> again. She turns up in 1993 or whatever, and he's like, oh, God, not again. Like, yeah, you're still she here. Turn- she turns up lawyered up. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> God. I'll be gone before but me too happens. Did you see happens. the um, exciting... <laughs> Did you see the exciting Richard E. Grant Doctor Who web series, though? Oh, boy, I remember that happening, and it, it's sort of, it's never mentioned anymore, is it, really? It's funny, that. Yeah. 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 They uh, had the great idea with the Doctor, which is that the, um, the traveller with a zest for adventure would basically have a death wish and just be sort of on his last legs and really depressed. Hmm. Fun. How it's really how fun. thrilling. Good. <laughs> yeah. For the kids. Well, I yep. tell you, well, then I was a, a, quite an avid viewer of New Who when that began. And I just remember sort of being, there was, I mean, the sort of slightly CBBC-ish uh, aspects of RTD's tenure kind of put me off in the first Eccleston series. <laughs> mm. Right. And I loved Dalek, but I missed Father's Day, which is the other kind of standout early one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Tennant took over and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting more into this. Uh, and mm. having gone back, like, uh, in recent years, uh, me and my other half went back and rewatched all of New Who. In mm-hmm. sequence, and I have gained uh, a particular appreciation for those early New Who seasons, particularly, and not going into any specifics here, after what we've had for the last two years. I have reappraised <laughs> RTD's time in the position, and I think he was flawless, and I'd gladly yep. take him back. Well, wow. it's weird to think that he was. Um like he had nothing to go on did he he was just like well we've got this family show and uh we don't yeah. know how family we should make it or how dark we should make it and he was sort of just like the first mm. series him going this way this way and sort of adjusting it and i think it's you know just a very clever man working out what people want isn't it it's very good 
Yeah, agreed. It's it's an interesting way to do it. I mean, you know, yep. the farting aliens was a low point for me. But again, if you're thinking this may <laughs> end up on CBBC, then fair enough, mate. Like that's a good mm. direction to go in. Yeah. But then you you couple that with sort of meditations on you know violence <laughs> and uh, <laughs> destiny and things, and you go, oh, this is a strange heady brew. Yeah. I personally found the Captain Jack Hartness rimming scene left a very strange. Taste <laughs> um, when he rimmed that robot of Trimmy and Susanna, that was quite a, a strange. <laughs> Oh, that's God, what comes that was to me the in my worst dreams of it sometimes. all, wasn't it? The worst of it all was that. The fucking, oh, that episode. Ah! Sorry. <laughs> extended just, extended just remembering. Uh, reasons for John Barrowman to get naked, which I understand yeah. he yeah. needed no invitation to do, but they needed to write it into the script anyway. Here's <laughs> the thing about uh, Russell T. Davis's writing that I love, though, is I've watched mm. that, that last episode, or the penultimate one, which I think is called, what is it? It's, oh, God, I'm going to get in trouble. Anyway, the one where Rose gets zapped by the android. Yes. Um, and, then, and then the Doctor does this thing about saving Rose, and then he says, Rose Tyler, I'm coming to get you, which is a really lovely line for the Doctor to say. And I only realised recently that, that he's copying what Davina says in Big Brother. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, yes. <laughs> and I was like, oh, RTD, you're so clever. Mm. Yeah. So <laughs> all those crossover. The thing we must mm. always remember is that New Who is not very good. Anyway, <laughs> right, just leave that out there. That's, uh, well, you know, I heartily disagree. For, <laughs> yes, uh, likewise. I, I'm on your. I'm on Team Tom. So for the first time, back in the day, back in the day, Stevens. Russell. Back in the day, Russell T used to write the scripts on his back um, in a mirror, and then he would um, open the uh, blinds, and then the cows would have to read it from his back. (laughs) That's how it started. Mm. Wow. (laughs) I didn't know that. (laughs) It's more of an art installation than a writing process. Absolutely, Mm. yeah. And and you could read all the way down to his bum crack, where you'd get the... He used to write that as well. Eric's sort of slanted downwards, going into the hole. Is Eric Eric Sabre just to write his scripts on a bullet and shoot an assistant and they have to get the bullet out of the assistant and read it. That's true. Yeah. And, then, and then the assistant's funeral was the Ooh, script. That's right. <laughs> that was the first read through. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God. Beautiful. Of course, they, they, um, in Colin's days, that meant there was a bigger buffet. Mm. Oh, oh yes, because oh. because there were more staff and assistants, not because of Colin. We buffet. Colin. We love yep. buffet. Buffet. <laughs> it's buffet the vampire slayer. <laughs> hey. um, right. So. Should we discuss the the story? Well, first of all, can you give us some uh, some sort of indication on why you suggest uh, selected this story for us today? Please. Yeah, I I really love it. I've seen it once before since it was discovered in 2013 after being lost for many, many decades. Mm -hmm. And uh, watching it again, for the first time I saw it, I just, I loved that it was nothing like any other Doctor Who story that there's ever been, really. Uh, To the point where the Doctor and the companions disappear for quite a long period of the story. (laughs) And it really is sort of just somebody trying to crowbar a different sort of story into Doctor Who, which I quite enjoy from time to time. Like, particularly... I mean, it's a thing that you sort of you don't see very often in Who, and, and actually less so in New Who. But when you when you get a format like this, and it works for uh, a Batman and any other kind of you know godly savior character, you mm. can often just break off into another story, and at the end, you'll bring it back in your kind of protagonist who will fix everything. Uh, but meanwhile, you can just do whatever you want, and I think that's quite okay. a nice thing of the anthology element of Doctor Who. And then I watched it again, and I, I was thinking. I'm really enjoying this again. Why am I enjoying it so much? And I realise everyone says it's, it's like James Bond. But I don't think it is really like James Bond. Uh, and this must be a coincidence, given the time difference. But it's more like a Metal Gear Solid game 
down to the point of having an enemy that's named after a reptile and uh, some tactical stealth action. So that's probably where my affection for it comes from. That's, wow. And I love it whenever any white actor impersonates somebody of a different race to them. It, it, it ages perfectly, doesn't it? I think we can all agree Ooh. on that. Mm. <laughs> Flawlessly. I think the I think the entire reason why they did this is because of Troughton, who just basically said, "I'm a bit fed up with playing Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I want to broaden my range. Yeah. I'm and a then, very gifted character actor. Yeah. And then he did broaden his range and did mm. Snow White in the Seven Alpacas or, or whatever the <laughs> fuck he decided to do. Yeah. Um, I think what they should have done with this is um, mm. they should have truncated these six episodes into three mm. and then edited it and then cut it down to one, and then threw it in the fucking bin! <laughs> <laughs> but before we get too far into... This yeah. is good. This is, this is fiery. This is lively debate. This is what the mm. listeners want. Have we Absolutely. even named the story yet? I've just realised. No, the story? let's not even mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be in the title of the podcast. You know which one we're talking about. Yeah. Enemy or enema of the mm-hmm. world. <laughs> before we get into it, with our festive <laughs> tizers and champagne... Um, <laughs> Paul, what yes, was sir. on television that night? Well, it is. What's what's all this rust? Are you someone walking through leaves? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Oh, okay. Who's it? It sounds like someone's having kettle chips. Anyway, so so come on, come on, gentlemen. Here we go. It's Saturday, the twenty third of December, and it's nineteen sixty seven. The summer of love. <laughs> Not on the BBC. <laughs> um, programs break. Uh, this is two days before Christmas. Programs begin at 20 to 1. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. With, with Weatherman, mm, of course. Classic Weatherman. And then, and then your usual four and a half hours of Grandstand. And then immediately <laughs> at 5.25 is Doctor Who, Enemy of the World, Part 1. And this is what it says in the Radio Times. <laughs> Doctor Who starts today a new adventure in time and space? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's a placeholder bit of copy if I've ever heard one. It really is. Doctor might... Who starts today. It might as well read Algernon fill-in description of Doctor Who episodes. <laughs> Just insane. And straight after Doctor Who, Weatherman, part two. Oh, you got the God. Weatherman again. Followed by The Monkeys at 6.45. Oh, that's fun. And again, it says this. Four young men and their music finding in their way out way. What? And during the office Christmas party at the Radio Times. <laughs> I don't that, know what happened. I remember this. This was when they gave the job of filling in the Radio Times to that guy who just had a stroke. <laughs> That's a big story in broadcasting yeah, history. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, guy who's just had a stroke. Do you have a job? <laughs> Why, I do so. I do. <laughs> My medical bills wow. are through the roof. I've gone private for some reason. <laughs> Weatherman so, ISO bars. Happy he tells us weather rain. Yeah. <laughs> Cold chili cagoule you mate want to have. <laughs> Call me a bambulan. <laughs> anyway, after the monkeys, mm-hmm. you um, at five to eight you had the Valdunican show. Hey. Special guests Ray Allen and Derek Nimmo. Oh, Derek oh, nice. Nimmo. I mean, that sounds oh, like lovely. you've had a stroke already. Just <laughs> Valdunican, Derek Nimmo, and then a friend. <laughs> Derek Nimmo, of course. You. The only person to appear in Neighbours that we've mentioned this evening. Oh, oh yeah. there you go. Yeah. Nice. Oh. And then just after the Van Tunican show at 10 to 9, you had Saturday Film Thriller. There's no blab for it, but it is called this. Count to five, 
Then die. Whoa! <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> a murderous photographer is terrorizing the seafront. I just don't understand. Um, if you weren't watching BBC One, you were on BBC Two. Um, you didn't have an alternative to Doctor Who at five twenty-five because the station wasn't broadcasting at <laughs> seven PM. God. Amazing. And it hits you with the news. And then <laughs> an hour and 40 minutes after the news <laughs> hour of- is an hour and 40 minutes of December the 23rd news. I mean, there's nothing happening. At what? All. <laughs> anyway, um, at 20 to 9, you had Chronicle. And it says the last days of Minos or Minos, which actually sounds like a Doctor Who story. It does. Yeah. Um, and it's Magnus Magnuson discovers a possible connection with the legend of Atlantis. Well, he started, so but, he finished. But we don't know what the possible <laughs> connection is. Yeah. And then at ten, 10 o'clock, you had a program called Release, which is a documentary, and it's called Into the Arts. Tommy Steele. Up the arts. Up the arts. Up the arts. Tommy Steele. Right afterwards. Tommy Steele talks about his career. Our host listens. <laughs> Again, minimum effort asleep. there. Yeah. Doesn't say for how long. Um, at uh, five past eleven, you had Midnight Movie, which is actually wrong. It should have been called the Five Past Eleven, 11 Movie. Mm. But it's a film called Can Can, which I think I've seen this, which is mm. fr- it says starring Frank Sinatra and Shirley MacLaine. Oh. A musical story about the clash between the daring Can Can dancers and the law. Oh. The daring Can Can dancers. Well, they were daring at the time, they, weren't they? Because they were showing their... Not <laughs> true, I suppose. Ooh, yeah, it's borderline legal, yeah. In the, Sounds yeah. like it could be a Judge Dredd episode. It the daring can-can dancers. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, that was your festive entertainment only on BBC One. Open brackets and two, close brackets. <laughs> so drum roll. It was a roll, time, wasn't it? Drum roll. Tom, take us hand in hand to the beach... Where we begin, enemy of the world. We mm. begin in Whitstable. No, apparently we're in the Australasian <laughs> we're in Aus- zone. Australasian zone, Tom. In the yeah. far future year 2018, but we don't know that yet. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, we ha- the Doctor has decided to take his companions, uh, Jamie and Victoria, on a little uh, seafront holiday and has accidentally chosen a, a world in turmoil on <laughs> what I assume is one of the coasts of Australia. Uh, during a kind of global upheaval uh, affecting a sort of globalised government of various different continental regions. But again, we don't know that yet. All we see is Patrick (laughs) Troughton, who I love, by the way, scampering into the sea Mm -hmm. and having a lovely old time while the companions sort of go, this is all a bit previous, isn't it? And uh, then Supercar turns up with Lenin in it and they suddenly (laughs) take offence to the fact that they've just seen Patrick Troughton having a lovely gad about in the ocean. Mm. Uh, So that's our beginning. The first thing he does is he literally, without saying much, is strips off (laughs) into his jumpers. I thought thought he was doing a Reggie Perrin to escape from child maintenance. (laughs) (laughs) He yeah. immediately strips off and jumps into the sea whilst, whilst two carers look at him like that. <laughs> oh, That's God. how Trouton used yeah. to walk into uh, conventions as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> he would strip off and jump into them. That's all of how he died. <laughs> <laughs> he lived as he died, yeah, semi-naked, he thrashing around. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Nigel Farage would love this episode because mm. he's looking at people patrolling the beaches yes, in an yes. armed hovercraft yes, with Lugas. 
Yes. What's, ama- what's amazing about this is, is they genuinely did try and cast as many Australians as they could. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But some of them don't sound Australian. Definitely. No, One sounds all, no. he's like from Tintagel in Cornwall. <laughs> yep, yep, most absolutely. of them are Australians, but they all obviously have studied at Oxford or Cambridge because they're all yep. very plummy. Mm. <laughs> now, uh, of course, there's a very signif- a significant Australian coming up. But before oh. that, I'd just like to point out we have a materialisation, Paul. So there oh. we are. Mm. A lovely materialisation. <laughs> Yummy, yum. Delicious. And uh, and a nice one as well, just on top of a, a sand bank. And uh, then we get Troughton's uh, striptease action. But if I may uh, <laughs> jump... <laughs> so if we... I may jump in with my, uh, my thing, which is obviously the, uh, the, the phone sign is on the wrong side. Ah. No, that's one. because they're in Australia. Oh. Everything's oh. and upside down. Of course, Troughton of course. twirls into the ocean counterclockwise because of this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So oh, we have a, eaten by a shark. Mm. Oh dear! Yeah, that would end the story very quickly. But yeah. then you'd have a sort of Mexican version of the Doctor for the rest of the continuity. But no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Mm. Uh, so we go from uh, we have this uh, this exciting beach chase with a hovercraft with people firing guns off it, and already you think, well, this is unusual for a mm. Doctor Who episode. Where are the rubbery yes. costumes? We're having actual uh, bullet guns being fired at Patrick Troughton. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? And the Doctor immediately leaps into action by going. Ah, 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 run! <laughs> 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 as is, as yeah. is appropriate, yes, quite. And Jamie thumps someone. Oh, he does. Brilliant. Craig and Turek, a bit of Craig and Turek action. Yeah. Straight away. Mm. Also, also, Jamie, in this first episode, refuses point blank to believe in hovercrafts. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Even though he's just arrived in a fucking TARDIS. <laughs> yeah. And later, like on refuses, yeah. and later on refuses to believe in the concept of helicopters, even yeah. though he's in one. We were, we were robbed yep. in a video game here, because do you remember there was that Star Wars game called like the... The fighting of Terrace Kuik or something. Oh right? yeah, it's the like, fighting Ooh. game. Yes, yeah. there was should be the Doctor Who one where Jamie does his special fighting, and then Pertwee can do his um, Venusian Aikido. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hey. I've been waiting to do that. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh. So so fulfilling to do, isn't it? It like, really beautiful. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, no. True. It'd be lovely. You could have yeah, uh, J- yeah uh, Craig and Turk uh, Masters of the Craig and Turk. That'd be great on PlayStation One. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> has to only be on the PlayStation One though. Just yeah. has to be. <laughs> at least now. Yeah, yes. the, yeah the BBC indeed. could probably stump up twenty quid to do that as well. <laughs> oh yes, come on, somebody out there will do it for free. <laughs> but and, I, and what? Oh, go on, Tom, please. No, no, I was just saying, I, I'm delighted that Jamie doesn't know what a helicopter is because it gives us the opportunity to hear Patrick Trout and say, "This Jamie is a chopper." And <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't like that. <laughs> Let's get and a this drop is why that. we know that those six episodes disappeared from the archive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the DVD now is crossed in. This this yeah. <laughs> oh, Jimmy! I got my chopper out. Oh, why did you do it, Doctor? Yeah. <laughs> why are you panicking about taking out your own penis? The sensor just turns up with a flamethrower. <laughs> and that's what happened. Uh, yep. Another thing that the BBC Centre might have taken exception to is the tightly packed bottom of Mary Peach. The second Mary. we cut to a viewing My screen. Words. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what Which a peach. Poured into mm. Astrid. Indeed. What a peach. Astrid. Uh, Astrid. Very... There's a brilliant bit in the first episode where she, where some guards come in and she immediately pretends to be an occasional table. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like sort of novelty one, yeah. Mm. But, but they look at it and go, that occasional table's got a rather... Peachy looking. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's from the, um, the the cafe in um, Clockwork Orange where they drink milk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
But mm. yeah, no, so it, it is a great outfit and uh, an Astrid, Mary Peach's character, uh, just brilliant. Just constantly punching people, shooting people, doing actual stuff. Mm. Like, making plans. Making yeah. plans. Makes, she makes a lot of plans, doesn't she? Yeah. She does, and she gets uh, fooled notably near the end, but then so was I, I even though I'd seen the episode before. I forgot the <laughs> big twist near the yeah. end, but never mind. Uh, so I, I can't blame her for that. But mm-hmm. yeah, so not only do we meet Astrid very soon after, we meet uh, Bill Kerr from Hancock's Half Hour, Yay! who Yay! says, I've just spotted salamander in the Australasian zone tub. <laughs> and uh, they leap into action to try and uh, sort of save or possibly kidnap yeah. or assassinate the doctor, and everyone's very Sweet. confused. Yeah. Bill, how many salamanders are there? Uh, one. <laughs> Not one. you, somebody else. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think I can tell you what it is. Oh, God, not you. <laughs> oh, who beat me? You're taking diabolical liberties of all these earthquakes and volcanoes. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, one of Salamander's Open the men... window, will you, Sid? It's perishingly hot in here. <laughs> of course, Sally Hancock died in Australia, so it all... Of course. <laughs> oh, nice. nice. Lovely stuff. Never go to Australia if yeah. you're involved in comedy, ever. That's right. No, no, indeed, indeed. My careful. God. Yeah, stepped on someone, left in separate aeroplanes. Oh, gosh, oh. yeah, true, true. Oh, dear. And then, of course, later on we meet Benick, and he comes in and says, Good evening. And, uh, <laughs> and it all continues. Yes, yeah, so... my farmyard animals. <laughs> <laughs> That's so a what, cow being what a- worried by a sheepdog. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to. Keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G-spot. <laughs> the good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I've bought that quite a lot of times. I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. 
Uh, yeah, he's an independent yeah. terrorist. Yeah. Independent terrorist who seems to be uh, offering only beneficent help to the world at large in 2018. Uh, and he sounds like Pop from the League of Gentlemen. He does. <laughs> uh, and he comes in and says, I am hot for you, Victoria. And, uh, How many Maverick bars? Nine. Nine Maverick bars. And so he's, he's uh, Patrick Troughton playing a man who grew up in Mexico uh, and in a very specific region of Mexico which uh, is either like a, a really big swing from, the, from Troughton to go, I can get that accent exactly right. Or it's a get-out yeah. clause where they can say, he doesn't sound Mexican. And he goes, well, he would have done if he sounded like he was from that town. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to tell. But yeah, so it's, it's Patrick Troughton again in a double role, playing this sort of local leader born in Mexico, apparently now operating in the Central European zone, whatever that means, uh, which appears uh, yeah. to be somewhere near Hungary. And he has a weather machine, we find out, which is capable of storing the sun's rays and then sort of casting them over crops. So he's stopping currently a, a global uh, sort of starvation, a sort of shortage yeah. of food. Mm. So he appears to be... He appears to be the most sort of uh, lovely, uh, selfless man ever to kind of wear a, a frightening dark cloak and swan about frowning and being evil. We should offer so. a trigger warning at this point. If you are watching this episode and you are allergic to the word salamander <laughs> you will die it. oh you'll be dead by the end if of if you are one. aroused by the word salamander <laughs> you'll have it like about 500 wanks you'll yeah. be also, dead by the also, end of the first episode <laughs> also if you're rather keen on static caravans you're going to absolutely <laughs> love these six episodes <laughs> because in the year 2017 stroke 18 we all live in static caravans that's right <laughs> but that appear to also be inside giant tower blocks so yes it's, yes. it's yeah. hard to tell exactly yeah. Yes, it, this is the one thing that this episode has over every James Bond film is is there are no static caravans in James Bond films. <laughs> Prove me no. wrong, John. I no. challenge. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there aren't. I think there aren't. Yeah, well, there you go, you mm. see. So it's anyway, at this point, I think it's worth remembering as well that Troughton's original idea for the second Doctor was that he would brown up and wear a turban. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he was gagging for this. Like he was been, He's been doing this from the beginning. He was talked out of that, but this is like... <laughs> We, isn't it so nice that there's not just like five years of Doctor Who we have to ignore now? Oh my God! Thank Christ. He also he, yeah. he also offered at the time the um, he said um, also I'd quite like to play the outro if you want with my mariachi band. I am the wonderful Doctor. I'm all the And now it's time for the news, cha cha. So to to move us along the plot slightly uh, we're not near even at the end of episode one yet no we we, we have it explained by uh, Bill Kirktab and uh, Astrid (laughs) with the incredibly tight trousers uh, Mm -hmm. explains to the Doctor and the companions that uh, the Doctor the second Doctor Patrick Troughton looks almost exactly like this man Salamander who is determined to be dictator of the world Uh, although only these guys think that at this point nobody else is uh, quite wise to that scheme yet well it's a global um it's a global political thriller that has nine people in it nine exactly and two locations yeah (laughs) Yeah. static caravan or sort of 1960s uh, paris bordello we should should say budget wise there's a fucking hovercraft and helicopter i know in episode one they were really yeah Mm. absolutely but then we do spend other episodes in a corridor that's true yeah yeah. So, yeah, we, 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 we do have to watch one man deciding what to have for lunch and then have <laughs> in a drafty corridor for about 
yeah. 16 minutes. Yeah. A line isn't there at that point where no. somebody says, why, is he, why are you holding this man in the corridor? And they go, oh, it's easier to guard him here. And you sort of want to go, oh, yeah, the, the multiple exits from this corridor make it much easier for you. Yeah. But anyway, uh, that's, what we get the, that's how we get the hovercraft and the helicopter, so I'll allow it. Fair enough. Yeah. So uh, Lenin gets shot by his own friends, classic mm-hmm. uh, Communist Party antics. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so this is... So we have a wonderful helicopter explosion. So anyway, we have this... this uh, I'm getting ahead of myself. We have this uh, contretemps of Astrid, Bill Kerr, who's real... Kent, I think his name is. Yeah. Kent, yeah. yeah. Tab. They're all uh, having this conversation <laughs> about how the Doctor looks just like Salamander. We get a brief introduction to what Salamander's all about with his sunstore machine. Uh, mm-hmm. Storing the sun's rays and casting them elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, the other thing, uh, Salamander <laughs> is also Peter Sellers in Carlton Brown of the FO. That's, That's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, of course, and Bill Kerr, uh, Giles Kent, which sounds a lot like Bill Kerr, if you ask me, yeah. is the yeah. former, now discredited World Zone Authority security chief. So this is like a kind of UN setup, it seems, mm. Uh, mm. sort of a, a, a global government that oversees other regions. And the companions are absolutely loving this. They they adore the idea of having to throw the doctor in it, essentially. Well, Chris Giles says to him, you thought you were coming here to escape from a deadly helicopter, but do you have two minutes to become Salamander? That's right, yes. And, and he has a good old go. He uh, has a good mm-hmm. old show off going, uh, a sal- a Salamander, a man. <laughs> you know, just starting to warm up into it. Yeah, and then uh, he goes, I, I, I think I'd be a lot better if I put on a bowl for Fighting uniform. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going to need the weeks. costume. Hmm. He says, I might need two to three weeks. I thought, you're not doing the West End, mate. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rehearsal budget for this production. This is pub theatre profit. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so the companions love it. Troughton's worried about it. I, I, I couldn't possibly be that Mexican man. And then, uh, I, and so this is after we've had the, the attempted raid of, of Astrid and the companions. Lenin got shot by his other sort of guard mm-hmm. friends. They've all buggered off. And the helicopter exploded in a beautiful miniature shot mm. when the bad soldier watchman guards tried to st- steal away in it because there's a hole them. in the fuel tank. Astrid's line read of that is amazing where she's just watching them go off in the helicopter yep. and she goes, it'll blow up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought, is and she then, psychic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, she made, she made. She's Carrie, is what she is. She made. Yeah, yeah. That's never mentioned in the story. Carry on, Astrid. Carry yeah. on, Astrid. Hey. So, I'm going about the houses here, mm. but what we end up with is don't we have worry. The, so does the plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It certainly does. It's certainly, mm. and under the ground later, but mm-hmm. around the house, under the ground, to grandmother's house, we go. And so at the end of the episode, we have the companions here gathered with Astrid and, and Kent, Bilker, and uh, suddenly the brick shithouse, Donald Bruce, the new <laughs> arrives yeah. with a stick that he waves oh at everyone. God. Yeah. He's pretty spectacular, isn't he? He's, mm. like he's, a local, he's like a local Lord Mayor that somehow is the butcher as well. Exactly, yeah. I do it my him. way or no other way, you pig and prick. Matter look, of fact. He is, and I looked him up, and he is in GBH, so that is actually quite oh, accurate. Oh, I believe wow. he's the local Labour Council uh, Course, yeah. uh, advocate, oh. or whatever it is. But yes, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I looked up the trivia on this uh, serial, and uh, the only fact about him, who played Donald Bruce, whose name I forget, uh, was uh, he was said to have hated filming this serial. That was the only... Oh. <laughs> so there we are. Any comments uh, comment before you leave? Yes, I hated this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He was obviously a big Oswald Mosley fan and just found Trouton's uh, yeah, 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 yeah. impressions just tipped him over the edge. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, he's, he's got that kind of meat-headed uh, appearance, hasn't he? Mm. But yes, uh, for a British fascist. But no, he, he is dressed very much as a British fascist. He's got a little stick that he waves around, as all sort of Nazis, both literal and figurative, used to wave around. Mm. And mm -hmm. uh, so he turns up and goes, what's going on here? What's all this about Salamander and all the rest of it? The Doctor appears uh, and instantly, despite not having had his... Uh, two weeks rehearsal on equity minimum. He <laughs> comes out and instantly impersonates Salamander flawlessly. And that's your cliffhanger. Yeah. He's also he able earlier on to nail exactly from where in Mexico Salamander is from. Yes. Which helps yeah. him build this character. Where was he supposed to be from? Uh, somewhere in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's right. I think, like Venezuela. I think they mentioned Venezuela via Switzerland and Alpine for your. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. right. Yes. And, and this is back when Doctor Who would just sort of forget that it was still on and then just go, oh, yeah, we're, yeah we finished now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it would just end yeah. Yeah. On, the, on, on no cliffhangers. Yeah. <laughs> I really want these early ones to have the Spike Milligan ending of, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Gonna do now? And the credits come up. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Not not strong on the old uh, the pacing of the cliffhangers. No, no. Uh, no. There are there are a couple actually where you there's tension at least. But no, yes, there are two. Not, yeah, yeah. There, there are two when there's genuine peril. But most yeah. of it is them discovering something and then going, oh right. Someone then, makes a face to show that this is significant, yeah. and then it ends. Mm. Yeah. My, <laughs> My favourite is just a pair of boots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the boots are good. I like the one where they go, "Who did this to you?" And we know who did it to him. It was Salamander. And he goes, "A man, a man called Salamander." <laughs> We're like, yeah, "Yeah, we know. We knew that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, we knew. Yeah, no, it's 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 it, it gets a little wrapped up in the, uh, the the pacing of the release of information. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, so have we done episode one? We've done episode one now, so we've had... Uh, we've the done Doctor... the first ten minutes of episode one, John. <laughs> That's um... right, and we're only a mere 40 minutes into this recording. We will uh... now skip to episode four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall I, shall I summarise quickly the events coming, if that's possible? Yeah, uh, please we do. We have... Um... Oh, significantly in part two, there's some wonderful stuff. So part mm. two, Bruce buys it and he goes, we are meant to be in the Central European zone. And he goes, I had some other ideas or something. We all adore a Kiara. for me and my dog. And we, then meet, they, we meet the taster who's played by Desmond's wife from Desmond. Yeah. That's right. This is one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch it is mm. the amazing, and I thought fantastic in this, Carmen yeah. Munro. Yeah, plays she really, really, really carries it. I really She's wanted fantastic. Pork Pie to be a Dalek later on. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. I won't do the voice. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. No, there we yeah. are. Oh, yeah, cannot do a Dalek voice. It's too racist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's yeah, two man. That would be fine. Uh, you can do that. Yeah, there's two fine. standout performances here. Neither of them are Troughton. One is uh, <laughs> one is the food taste, and the other is um, is Milton Johns. Oh yeah. Oh god, yes. Yeah. There's Benick. As oh, no, as um, <laughs> underground, yes, yes, he's fantastic. Mm. Benick is brilliant, but my favourite character in all of this is actually the cook that we meet later on. <laughs> oh, Griff! Yeah. Suicidally he's depressed. He's hilarious. Cook. Suicidally yeah. depressed, existential angst cook. Uh, <laughs> He's my favourite character in all of that. He needs his own spin-off. He really yeah. does. I mean, why there wasn't more of him in that? I mean, I don't know. But yeah. So <laughs> essentially, we've got a lot of political intrigue going on. Uh, it seems as though uh, Salamander is going to try and oust the uh, the head of the Central European Zone, uh, whatever that means, uh, over mm -hmm. near Hungary. And uh, so there's the, the level of tension there builds and builds. There's a guy called Federin who is a, a comedy coward who is currently the assistant to Dinesh, the head of of the local authority, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So in the end of the first episode, uh, we've had Salamander set warning uh, 
Dinesh that he has made a mistake or to make a and told him, oh, there are volcanoes in your region that are going to go off. And he goes, no, that's rubbish. That's, you, you're an idiot. And then, mm. so end of uh, episode two, we I see love Salamander's great episode two. I love the fact that episode two ends with four men looking blankly at each other. Yeah. 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 <laughs> About two minutes after literal vo- volcanoes have erupted. You know, yeah. you'd think that's the more natural out. Yeah. And, yeah. and before that, the whole episode's been like some weird truncated episode of food and drink. There's like, have some yes. of this liquid. Have some of this, have some of this food. It's yes, food and drink this. hosted by the, drink. the Norwich Bondage Association. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Everyone's in like leather jumpers. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's a lovely bit of action um, right at the beginning. That's the only bit I remember about part two, where Jamie leaps onto the patio. <laughs> yeah. What yes. he does is he, he grabs one of the guard's guns, and that somehow disables the guard. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> guard the guard, he, gra- he takes the guard's gun, and the guard goes, oh, well, that's me done then. Huh. And then yeah. just falls to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's this oh, is, um, is that- All my life force was in that gun. I'd like <laughs> and all my, all my magic is in this tree that you've knocked down, bastard, bastard man. Yeah, this is turning into Avatar suddenly, but no, yeah. that's a whole Well, that scene concern. is actually like there's a very similar scene in uh, Tenet. I don't know if anyone's seen Tenet, but like a very powerful no. person in a penthouse that somebody scales and then sort of take, it's it's. I was like, hang on, this is just that scene from Tenet, but so much worse. <laughs> is, well, is, that is, um, I haven't seen Tenet yet, but I presume it's all about men on bungee ropes. Is that essentially what goes on in it? They're always bungeeing yeah. up and down and left and right. Yep. And yep. Yep. That is the bungee thrilling. thing. I That's how they about get on David top of it. Tennant. <laughs> well, ba- based on the trailer, it's about a guy that really hates a big block of concrete and just yeah. wants to shoot yeah. it. Again. <laughs> uh, so that's all I know about yeah. it. Anyway, he's a he's a fine he's a fine filmmaker. That man, especially the one where they go within worlds, within dreams, within worlds, mm. and I can do anything I like in this world. What are you going to do? I'm going to make a bridge. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. There's a reason. Any, a bit where anything the city, goes, you say. Yeah, I'm going to make stairs that go forever. Anything goes. There's a reason. There's a reason that the city folding in on itself, which happens in the first half an hour of mm-hmm. seven hours, I believe, is on the poster because yeah. it's the only interesting thing that happens in that film. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and let it be testament to the enemy of the world that we are now <laughs> talking about Chris Nolan films. Can I mention yeah. how in 2018 um, mm. there are stone surfaces that when you just when you jump down from a, 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 a thing, a platform, onto them, yeah. they, sound, they sound wooden. I don't know well, how strange that is. Yeah, so funny. Yeah. Like wooden floorboards. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. strange. Yeah. But so th- this is what, as you described, this is the second moment where uh, Jamie, to go back to Metal Gear Solid, becomes Scottish Snake. Yeah. And uh, yes. does some stealth yeah. tactical action. See up his kilt as well. Uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I didn't pause it and rewind and there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, how conf- mm. how conflicted is Patrick when he sees uh, well, as Salamander and he says, "Take get this man out of this uh, skirt." Oh yeah, <laughs> and have him brought to my quarters. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Have him shaved and washed. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring me another script in this pinata, and I'll bash it out, and that'll be the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, the cliffhanger would be that he'd smash the piñata, all the sweets had fallen on the floor, they'd all gather them up and gone away, and then he'd sort of look into camera and go, well, and that would be the cliffhanger. <laughs> uh, anyway, part three begins. We have... Oh. Uh, blimey, I really need to speed this up. So uh, we have friction between Salamander and Bruce, the brick shithouse, who is the head of his security. Yep. And uh, Dinesh says, I'm not afraid to face Salamander in public court. He's not going to get there, but never mind. So yeah. Salamander is trying to get Federer, our comedy coward, to kill Dinesh... With 
with poison then take his place. Oh, That's God. his boss, of course. Yeah. Uh, Federin is the assistant to Dinesh. <laughs> so uh, we now join our favourite character, played by Reg Lai, Griffin, yeah. the suicidally yeah. depressed chef. We should bully Victoria for being a woman. We should, yeah, we should point out that um, Salamander says, "I'll give you a job to Jamie for exposing the flaws in his security team, who are all rotten." Of course, and, yes. Um, yes. He says, "Well, my my friends here as well. Can you give her a job?" And he goes, "Oh, lady, yes. We always need someone in the kitchen." And I thought, <laughs> "Yeah." Now this is 2018. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys, it's 2018. Mm. Says mm. Jamie uh, mm. later. <laughs> she should be have on the comedy circuit being ignored. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I, t- I, I tell you what, I, I, I hate to be a moaning mini, but it's actually the year 2017, chaps. Oh, is it? Oh, is yes. it because the helicopter no, it's not, expires because that, in 2018? No, the helicopter expires in the year 2000. Expires <laughs> like it's, it's food going out of date. <laughs> I, I can challenge you on this. I can challenge you on this. Oh, no. Later on, the newspaper is found. Again, getting oh, yeah. ahead of ourselves. Yeah, 2017. Uh, that's it. And Swan, who we haven't met mm. yet in episode three, says it's last year's date. Oh. oh. And Wikipedia said it was 2018. Well, there we oh, are. Well. So, yeah. But I could have oh. changed that. If Wikipedia tells you to jump under a bus, will you do it? <laughs> if if no citation told needed, you to put yes, brown would. makeup on, would you do it? Yeah. If there was no citation needed, I would, yes. He's doing yeah. it now. That's why we're off camera. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so poor old Victoria gets to work in the kitchen. Now she's yep. on ready, steady, totalitarian government. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie gets a job as an S&M busboy in Studio 51. <laughs> <laughs> And does very well at it, it must be said. But, He's uh, really good, yeah. Yeah, sorry, yes, we've exposed the holes in the security system. Yes, of course, when Jamie was being Scottish Snake in part two, mm. he picked up a normal phone and then threw it off the balcony and then remotely Astrid detonated an explosive. And I thought this plan was great. Yeah. Mm. To pretend yeah. that he's just foiled an assassination attempt to worm his way into mm. Salamander's private guard, which is going very well. Yeah. And, of course, mm. getting Victoria her lovely job in the kitchen being bullied by a depressed man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> The so patriarchy, we'll call him. That's it, he's the patriarchy. The <laughs> he is. The dying embers of the patriarchy yeah. in 2018. <laughs> <Right>. Which <laughs> has gone away, thankfully, as part of our futuristic <laughs> utopia. Mm, yes. And so then Jamie and Victoria catch us up with events while sitting in the kitchen. And then the Doctor mm-hmm. and Bill Kerr, Tab, catch us up with events <laughs> while sitting in his... <laughs> and uh, they talk about how it, seem, you know, it seems like maybe Salamander's a bit of a creep, but the Doctor wants proof that he's bad before he'll help to bring him down. And uh, yes. there's a lot of proof. Mm. I'm talking about proof in this, which I might be a kind of uh, anticipation of fake news possibly mm. saying I need verifiable facts before I'll take any major political action or it could be that they had to pad the six episodes out yeah. so they kept the doctor from doing anything for three episodes <laughs> <laughs> although he doesn't doesn't he hide him in a minute in a bonquette yeah he's yes. amazing <laughs> that is amazing I can't breathe in here <laughs> hide, is hide, it, hide in this bonquette in a caravan where you can't witness or see or hear anything and then come out and go oh yes I believe you now <laughs> <laughs> that is my favourite that I was laughing so much yes. when oh, they're wonderful. smashing up the crockery yeah. It was so oh, crazy. Yes, that's it. So, yes, th- we've met Benick now, right? Benick, yeah. our sort of weaselly security oh, man. He's great, though, isn't he? He's so odious. He's, he's yeah. perfectly he's done. Benick. Dan Danby, uh, over the creasing circles. Yes, that's right. Ah, yeah. that's right. What's yes, your is. second favourite jam? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he smashes up the crockery as a show of strength. Strength, yeah. <laughs> so, he bullied and clubs Bill Curtis. <laughs> It's ridiculous because you you know for a fact that the next that the next guests in this B and B accommodation are going to turn up. What the <laughs> <hell>? <laughs> Why is there a man hiding in me bulkhead? <laughs> oh, Why boy. am I now pregnant? 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, run! <laughs> Jamie! <laughs> Oh, so, Patrick, you have to you have to go and jump in the sea every twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's it. So uh, no, now we move into the. I'm going to move this on because we're yeah, only on part three of six. So uh, we then have uh, a number of scenes where we have various schemes happening. Astrid is attempting to free Dinesh uh, yeah. from Salamander's stronghold. Uh, she tells Jamie and Victoria to cause a distraction at eleven specifically. Griffin's still suicidally depressed. Uh, of course, by the way, Mark, own... in 2020, Marcus Rashford fought for children to have free free Dinesh. <laughs> yes, <laughs> preschool Dinesh. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things he really fought for was Alaskan wine. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Alaskan wine! The final indignity, isn't it? The He's going to be assassinated. vineyards in all the world. Let's get him a Canadian wine. wine. Yeah. There's a lot of weird food and drink, because at one point Victoria says, oh, I'll cook a Kaiser pudding. What the hell is yes, a, Kaiser a Kaiser pudding? pudding. And, then, and then Griffin reacts sort of shocked, as if that, you know, a kind of look to camera about the yeah. Kaiser. Right? It's 2018, what relevance does that have? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Also, in, in a subsequent kitchen scene, Jamie appears to be drinking a glass of grape. Gravy, but that's not <laughs> every single episode has five minutes of people just having like refreshments and food. Yeah, yeah. No, even well, when it's... we find all the science boffins underground, but half the time they're just making dinners and snacks and eating porridge and just. Having <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, we it's, watch it's, a man having his steak cut up for him. Yeah. <laughs> but bear in mind, this is the world undergoing famine, so that's a thematically relevant, actually. Oh, there you go. Oh, okay. Yes, food all business. Right, I'll give you that. Uh, <laughs> so then we have two sort of plans going off not very well at the same time. We have Federin trying to assassinate Dinesh, the head of the Central European Zone, mm. uh, by stealing some salt and uh, sending Victoria away. Which, again, mm. I thought was quite a nice trick, except mm. that the way they've shot it, it looks like Victoria is watching him do it. <laughs> and he says, where is the salt? And mm. then she just runs away to get more salt. But anyway, yeah. nice little trick. Mm. Gets rid of her, and he's supposed to poison Dinesh's dinner. Mm-hmm. He fails to do it, we find yeah, out. I can't go through with you! And again, then the final... Yeah, oh, what a wonderful sort of bumbling comedy coward. I loved Federin. Mm. It's like, oh no! Like he's, he's like the deputy head of a security force. Like How did he get there? Mm. The most cowardly man in Europe. But anyway, uh, so Federin fails to poison Dinesh. Uh, he's then poisoned with Alaskan wine, the final indignity. <laughs> and, uh, then uh, Astrid does some brilliant uh, action... She's the female lead in the Metal Gear Solid game. Yeah. Uh, there's a scuffle, and then Dinesh is shot by the, by the guards. Presumably, oh, yeah. that was what they were told. If you get the chance, if you get an excuse, take him out. And uh, then, of course, uh, we have the wonderful line from our depressed chef friend. I know the food's bad, but there's no need to go that far. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he's got so many singers. He's got a whole run where he's like, oh, you might be put in front of a firing squad. And he's like, oh, they'd probably miss... Like, he's so miserable. <laughs> everything so, yeah. he says, like, yo, oh, you it might is... win the lottery. Yeah, the lottery of being bummed to death. Like, everything <laughs> is just like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like a sort of little uh, Hancock routine happening. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He never meets Bill Kerr as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there tell was, me what a life. There, there has definitely been, like, a comedy trope over the years of, 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 of cooks that are played like that. Really miserable men that are mm. world-weary, yeah. know everything. Mm. I can think of thousands of examples now of just cooks that are like, yeah, well, I've made it so you're bloody well eat it. That, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And they're normally in high society as well, and they can be really... I seem to remember there was a weird thing I once watched where all these gentry were going, this soup tastes a bit funny. So they got the cook in, and they go, why is this soup not tasting right? And the mm. cook goes, I ain't pissed in it this time. And they're like, I ain't pissed in it. <laughs> just bizarre mm. and the, I, mem- I remember the cooking Master and Commander of the Far Side of the World yeah. that 
Oh yeah, um, and he he's a belligerent, angry fucker as well. But, yeah. Yeah. but but because he's the only person with access to food, they just sort of take it from him. They're like, well, we'll take the abuse because we do need our dinner. So, <laughs> uh, of course, the most famous ship's cook, Long John Silver, uh, lovely, friendly, and jolly, yes. but evil. Yeah. So you see, there's always something wrong. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Always got a chicken nugget on his shoulder, but never eats it. (laughs) No, exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, suspicious. So, to summarise what we've learnt here, we've got uh, Farrier seems to be... Carmen Munro, Shirley, uh, Desmond's wife, Mm -hmm. seems to have something else going on. She seems to be acting a bit shady. She's conflicted, Uh, yeah. She's conflicted about Mm -hmm. Salamander, clearly, Mm -hmm. as as his food taster and sort of close confidant. She doesn't like him very much. Mm -hmm. We've also got... uh, I think this is one of the better cliffhangers because, as I say, there are several plans all being actioned at the same time. They all go horribly wrong in a very exciting way. Federin fails to poison Dinesh and then he's shot during Astrid's attempted rescue. Uh, and of course, because Jamie caused the distraction that allowed Astrid in, he's been sniffed at by Salamander, who's dis- dismissing him and sending him to jail. Mm-hmm. And uh, then Bruce says, uh, essentially, I've seen someone, I've seen you in the Australasian zone, or someone very like you. So I'll do that <gasps> again. Or someone very like you! <laughs> the Brick Shit House. And that's the yeah, end of episode that. three. Exciting. I dropped me black pudding when I saw that. <laughs> and then it sort of ends again. My favourite yeah. uh, fascist Trotskyites. Like, it's all that sort of thing. My favourite fact about episode four is it says mm. that um, Jamie and Victoria aren't in it because they were both on holiday. Yeah, that's a good bit of trivia, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're I drugged. They were both on holiday where they filmed it. So surely they just spent like three days on the beach. In Whitstable, yeah, yeah exactly. In Whitstable, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Goodness. <laughs> so they're <laughs> the Dorset coastline. Uh, doubling for Australia. Anyway, yeah. uh, so, yes, so uh, Salamander, I must get back to the research centre. So he's going back to the Australasian zone. This is episode four now mm. we're into. Uh, mm. And, I mean, this is quite complicated. How can I shorthand this? Oh, uh, crikey, yeah. This we find out trouble on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So let's, let's uh, shorthand this as much as we possibly can. So uh, Faria is turning to the, the anti-Salamander cause, and she speaks to Astrid to kind of confide this in her and join their side. Mm. And mm. Uh, now there is a move to strike against uh, Bill Kerr or Giles Kent, the same guy, uh, from Salamander's Lock. <laughs> and... Uh, the Doctor realises, and I think this is quite nice, he realises that to save Jamie and uh, Victoria, he has to go through with this impersonation thing, and that's what turns him to mm-hmm. finally deciding to do it, which I thought was quite nice. And uh, so here we go, good Lord. And so there's a, there are snipers in a Brixton Tower block that's apparently in the Australian desert. And, uh, there's a lot of action Astrid going on. There's all sorts of sieges and uh, Kent and Farrier and... Uh, and Astrid have to escape. But unfortunately, uh, Farrier is shot during her escape. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. the policeman that shoots her dead says, uh, sorry, but you really should have stopped. And I thought, how prescient is that? Come on. I know. That was, uh, that was difficult to watch, wasn't it? It was an ACAB moment, bad. I think. Yeah. Hey, I, I think that was... Uh, I, I endorse it. I think that the programme makers were on the right side of that conflict. Mm. They were. I think it was, just, it was just unwittingly quite comic in the sense that he's so unsympathetic to her. And he's oh, like, yeah, sorry, oh, you really sorry, but... Stopped. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of... Oh dear, if, I feel bad about that. But if that was too unceremonious a send-off for Faria, played by mm. Carmen Monroe, Desmond's wife, uh, she has <laughs> the best line, I think, in the serial. Yeah. Which is, uh, Benick, uh, our horrible, weaselly, quasi-Nazi, comes up to sort of gloat at her and uh, try and torture information out of her, and she says, you can't threaten me now, Benick. I can only die once and someone's beaten you to it. Mm. Which so I think good. is mm. the most, like, yeah, absolute fucking brass neck line in the whole serial. It's great. Proper and then she, she expends her last bit of energy in her life slapping him in the face. Mm. Yeah, oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
Love and it. And she, ta- she takes the remainder of the food that she's been tasting and writes the word cunt. Smears it on the floor. With the flour <laughs> she's, she's got a cream bun. She picks at the icing until it reads cunt, and then she shoves it. Yeah, it's a really As good she scene. falls to the floor, she discharges <laughs> the contents of her cream horn and just runs <laughs> <laughs> squirts it over his jodhpurs. Uh, over his jackboots. Uh, mm. So there we go. So we now have. Uh, so they've also lost uh, Federin's blackmail file. It's evidence against yeah. Salamander. It's not important for our reasons. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she had this fantastic bit of dirt on Salamander, which she's now lost by being shot and killed by the mm-hmm. police, ACAB. And, uh, or is that pronounced and, ACAB? I'm not sure. Um, and also, episode four is the first time where we meet the underground buffins, the scientists who, uh, who getting... are there against mm. their will. That's right. Uh, this is the end of part But they four's... don't know that yet. But we do meet the finest actor in the world, the character that oh. is Colin. Colin. Oh, Colin. Bloody oh, Colin. Colin. <laughs> I studied at RADA. Did you, did you know? <laughs> I also Why didn't he pick me? Yeah, he's fantastic. <laughs> Troughton's <laughs> accent always wavers when he says Colin. It's where he's like, ah, oh, welcome, yes. Colin. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, there are some names you just can't say not in an English accent. Colin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we find out Graham. that Sal- Salamander is like the um, futuristic... Well, he's, he's Fritzel, isn't he? He's got an yeah. underground, <laughs> he's got an underground bunker Fritzel, where yeah. he keeps people yeah yeah this is a mad end of episode four twist huge it's massive and i Mm. really Mm. like it Mm. like i i I texted you were texting me tom going oh this is Mm. a weird serial and i went have you got to the the twist yet he went no Mm. i was like well just you wait so it turns out salamander has this weather machine and the way that he's making it work and we now know of course that as well as casting sunlight onto crops he can also blow up bloody volcanoes and cause storms and tidal waves and things so he's a very dangerous man and the way it works is he lied to a bunch of scientists and said that a nuclear war was beginning. <laughs> Trapped them underground in a bunker under his research station. It's amazing. And yeah. now lives a double life where he goes down, acts a bit tired and goes, oh, and The brings, radiation is very high. Very high. Hi! Uh, <laughs> Luckily, uh, I sorry, have tequila. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's Gary Sparrow. He's Gary Sparrow. He's Gary Sparrow. People. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes. Because <laughs> he like comes back and he goes, "Oh, the radiation's so bad. Just give me a fry up and that magazine and, <laughs> and just a cigar." I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He turns up. Turns up with a cigar and a scotch egg and a magnum champagne. <laughs> Me and next door, they're eating porridge for the 85th time. Gaslights him into telling him he's written all the Beatles songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Players Colin, Poor Colin's like, I want to go to the surface. I demand to go to the surface. And meanwhile, there's a little bit of crumpet who loves him, like, why don't you stay here with me and I'll show you how to have a good time? I don't want to have a good time. Why did he pick me? Yeah, so this is our hero underground, Colin. So these are all super genius scientists. Colin. Colin, our hero. And uh, so they, they've clearly been told, like, the world's in total devastation. Salamander's been lying to them. And, and also, I think this is quite a nice sign of Salamander's kind of MO. It's very consistent in that he will always find a way to position himself as the hero figure while secretly yeah. screwing everybody yeah. over. So it's not just that he's, you know, getting away with it, you know, uh, behind the curtain, but he's also making what he's doing seem like he's the best guy of course, in the Colin's whole world. Of ang- course, Colin's still angry about that clip of Michael Fish saying, now, we've heard there's going to be a nuclear war. <laughs> 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 There's nothing in that. Don't worry. Yeah. 
Salamander. I mean, not only has he kept these poor people hoodwinked underground for for like nearly a year, he's mm. also decided to give them clothes that, quite frankly, baffle the eye even in black and white. Oh, it's astonishing! Yeah, really. It's, I'm going to give you some '60s duvets to put on, and that's what you're wearing. It's such a contrast compared to all the <laughs> that's well, going up on top. It's like he's gone. I really like this show, Doctor Who. I'm going to dress you like some aliens from that show. <laughs> put you underground, and uh, well, so that's I love as well style. to get to get access to his underground boffins. He has a little Wallace and Gromit machine. Mm. Oh, it's beautiful. I love that sequence, and I really yeah. love the. There's some great bits of like in-camera editing effects where they've clearly got a little sort of model Troughton inside of <laughs> bullet, and then they fire it no, into the ground. No, actually, that is him. But if you can get him in a chaise long, you might as well get him inside it. Yeah. There was a beeping yeah. noise, though, that was driving me up the fucking wall. Oh, it goes off for a while, oh, isn't it? So yeah. He's created, as well as the sort of super locks that he's put on his research station door, he's also mm. created the sort of most ear-bleeding sound effect. <laughs> to I stop think, I think in. that might be all the complaints coming in on the beeping yeah. switchboard. <laughs> 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 Nothing's happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy! So he, he gets that. So he gets down there, and uh, we have this fantastic revelation all about uh, you know the, the, this team of scientists. Their leader Swan is the only kind of one who gets to speak to Salamander. I, yeah. I always, whenever I see a character named Swan, I wish it was Swan from Phantom of the Paradise. And it would just be a really groovy <laughs> 70s Paul Williams. But maybe. <laughs> so we know they've been there for five years. That's been stated. And that's Salamander so long essentially... to be so incurious about what's going I on. I know, I know. Well, also, Colin he... clearly is, but he does nothing. He just shouts. And, and, yeah. Salamander, and also, Salamander does keep telling him, look, Swan, if you go up there, you'll die of, you'll die of poisoning, which obviously should be lead poisoning if he's called Swan. But yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. he does keep saying, you'll die if you go up there. It's, it's very bad. It's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> and the way the way that Swan finds out is from a little bit of newspaper, mm. oh and my then God. he realizes, oh my God, there hasn't been a war. There is no nuclear stuff up there. Everyone's having holidays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can there be a cruise liner? I love that bit. It's lucky it's it wasn't from love... 2020, right, guys? Because no one's having holidays. Hello. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony B. Liar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, I wish he'd found another page of the paper. I wish he'd been like, who is this Andy Cap? He doesn't seem to be. <laughs> <laughs> who is this he got the horrible? <laughs> who is this Lisa, 26 from Bristol, who likes playing tennis? Buy her Bristol. What is this 20-year-old commemoration love is all about? <laughs> How can there be a whimsical dog called Marmaduke if there's been a nuclear war? Tell me! <laughs> oh, oh, and by the way, Fall Down is Constantinople. <laughs> so I think this is a great cliffhanger here because it follows the, the uh, pattern of previous ones where we find out this thing about his sort of weird Fritzl scientist family underground mm. uh, by mm. bullet train. And uh, then it cuts away to some other people and some boots come in the room and that's the cliffhanger that's the cliffhanger yeah. so there we are yeah, that's your cliffhanger mm. uh, and of course at the start of episode 5 we find out they were Bruce's boots the Brickshit House has arrived to say what's going on and, uh, uh, and, and all of that and so oh and, and also the, uh, the underground scientists get, get a new shipment of stuff and uh, on the box it's got glass milk and there's another one that says fragile meat <laughs> which I believe, which I believe, they should, I believe they've mixed up the boxes. It should be fragile glass, <laughs> and also the other one should um, then have milk meat. Yeah. <laughs> milk, milk fed meat. Milk nice meat. milk meat. Milk meat. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what they called uh, Trouton in prison. I don't know what that. Yeah. Means. Anyway, um, 
<laughs> so, uh, so part five, Bruce's boots have just arrived in the place where Kent is, and I believe Astrid still is. My notes are incomplete. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, also the doctor is there uh, mm-hmm. preparing mm-hmm. to impersonate Salamander. Yeah. And one of my favorite bits is when Bruce says, how much are they paying you? And he, he does the best, I beg your pardon, I've ever yeah. seen on mm. screen. It's wonderful. And then and, and then and then decides to interrogate um, poor old poor old Jamie and Victoria, which slightly goes on for too long, and he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah it's a bit too. And much. then so so there are courses to hit him, and he immediately reverts to form. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's mm. wonderful. I love that. My goodness, uh, it's a beautiful bit. It's really wonderful. So yes, he's he's uh, tricking uh, Jamie and Victoria. Is that not later? Hang on, where are we? It's very easy I to get lost in this. Then, uh, yeah. Well, they're back now, so it's episode five. They're back from holiday. They've all got tans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Suspiciously. <laughs> Strangely. They've suddenly both got kiss me quick hats on. They've <laughs> yeah. got a straw donkey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to dish out a sticker rock to all the scientists. What is this? I went to Wizard of and all I got was this lousy t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Where have you been? We've been on a holidays. Oh. <laughs> I told you they go on holiday. <laughs> So this episode contains one of the most sinister moments in the entire series when mm-hmm. uh, Benick uh, confronts, uh, I think it's oh, Victoria, God, yeah. and she, uh, oh. she says, you must have been a very nasty little boy. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, I was, but I had a very enjoyable childhood. Very happy childhood. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, what did you do, for God's sake? <laughs> like, yeah. Just torturing animals and molesting the other boys. Foul. Like, and he no- takes so much pleasure, doesn't he, in oh. taunting Jamie. Then he mm. grabs Victoria by the hair. Such yeah. a pretty little thing. Oh. <laughs> Another world great yeah. villain. He'll be a dentist. He'll be a dentist. He'll be a Benick. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things about Benick that they do to make him even more sinister. Like the fact that he's obviously his mullet is the worst thing about it. His haircut mm. is horrible. Mm. He's wearing clothes where you can see the outline of his penis the whole time. Yeah. And, and yep. his, his bustling chest hair. Yeah. yeah absolutely yeah, raging. Yeah. <laughs> Bursting out of its fetters. Of course, uh, you, I should, you know, for the completists, I have to do. I have to point out that he will turn up again. Um, uh, Milton Johns will turn up again in uh, Android Invasion and also in uh, Invasion of Time. And this is Colin. Underground Colin is is Milton Johns, isn't he? No, no, no Milton no. Johns is Benick. Benick. Oh, he's Benick. Pardon Benick. me. I'm yeah, yeah. Confused. And Milton Colin, Johns. Colin is Colin. Colin is very much Colin. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Colin Collinson underground. Yeah. <laughs> So here we are. So actually, this, we've covered most of episode five already. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we've yeah. had the discovery mm-hmm. by Swan underground of the newspaper, which tells him, how can there be cruise liners in a post-nuclear landscape? <laughs> and how can there be a, a souvenir sovereign that you can send away for? <laughs> how can there be what? donkey rides in the apocalypse? <laughs> what, what fresh hell is the Zubraga ferry disaster? <laughs> how can you spot the ball in a nuclear dystopia? <laughs> What is this, Butlins? Freddy Starry! Who's Freddy Star? Some sort of mutant man! Anyway, uh, yes. there's all that outrage, yes, he and he, yeah. makes, he makes Salamander take him to the surface. Salamander's uh-huh. a temporary solution. Is oh my to make god. Him, oh, the, the police have come for this episode. <laughs> so uh, Salamander is, is convinced to take Swan up in his bullet lift part of the way mm-hmm. into a little cave system and he says, I keep the stores of food here. Why do you yeah. keep them there? Not down in the basement. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we have uh, Kent and Astrid are scheming to try and mm-hmm. uh, to try and finish the whole thing to get rid of Salamander and all this. Uh, meanwhile, Salamander is in this little cave system and he bashes Swan in the head. 
Uh, <laughs> thinks he's killed him, fails. Swan is barely alive. Astrid hears his plaintive moans, finds him mm. coming out of a sewage outlet, presumably covered in human filth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, says, what's going on here? And the man says, a man named Salamander did this. And as you say, we knew that. Mm. But uh, <laughs> that is a odd. shock. It is odd that a, a dying man crawls out of a pipe and says his name. So that's what Astrid. <laughs> and so that's that's where we leave part five. Uh, the dying man, of course, will turn up in uh, Planet of the Spiders. I just need to do the, the, the you know. Ah, thank you, just, lovely. Yes, just as is three. Uh, he is not. He's part of the, uh, the the Buddhists, the Buddhist temple, and also oh. just getting all these out there. Dinesh is going to be obviously in the Deadly Assassin. So I think yeah, that's okay. all of them. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Doctor Who will return. Same yeah. time. <laughs> uh, right, episode six. Trouton will be in the Box of Delights, but that's yeah. um, is that canon, Tom? Uh, is, oh, is, it? is it? Is it? I don't know. Is he the? Uh, is he secretly the Doctor? Hmm. Oh, I didn't know that was a theory. Oh, it is a theory. We're opening a whole can of worms. Oh, come on, it's not really a theory. It is, is it? a theory by. All right, in that case, the Bisto family are down. <laughs> <laughs> really? I had no idea. Hang That's on, let's, let's look at the evidence. <laughs> you know that smoking chimp that was in adverts for Tetley's? Yeah. On a three. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. You know who played him? Adric. That's right. <laughs> That's right. No, come on. That was well too acted to be Adric. <laughs> Good monkey. That's true. A- Adric, Adric did all the PG tips ads. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was PG tips, wasn't it? Pardon it's me. the want. <laughs> the want. <laughs> I want a cup of tea. <laughs> what do you want? Uh, hi. Just kidding. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. I'll never know how my tea tasted. <laughs> So essentially, all of our threads have kind of come back together. So yeah. we've got uh, Astrid is uh, getting the story from Swan. Swan mm-hmm. dies, uh, telling Astrid everything yeah. about the underground base. Bruce, the Brickshire task, oh, what's going on here? He's changed teams. He's now very suspicious of Salamander, mm. trying mm-hmm. to get into the records room. Benick, the weasley little shit, he's still absolutely team Salamander, more so now that he knows he's evil because he's a little shit and he had a very enjoyable childhood. <laughs> So anyway, there's all this stuff about the redhead security code, which I'm not sure ever comes back. No. Uh, no but there no, is a nice bit no. where Bruce says, if, if there's anything goes wrong, say redhead. And Jamie goes, oh, is that your wife? And he says, it's the security code, Mr. Spencer. It's my safe uh, word. I... <laughs> my safe word, Mr. Spencer. It, it may well be a safe word, but do the, but do the collar match the cuffs? Jamie! <laughs> Jamie! Yes. Jamie! Um, yeah. What I love is Astrid goes down down the hey shoot. Yeah. And the door opens and there's like about forty scientists all crowded at the doorway. They see her, then they disappear. She walks two steps, opens, and they're all hiding behind desks. Yeah. yeah that's all thirty true. of them have immediately gone to hide behind a desk. And, yeah, and and she shows them that the machine Salamander uses to show that he's radioactive is actually fixed. It's gonna show yeah. anything yeah. Fake, radioactive. The fake Rontgen detector, which of course is accurate as we know from Chernobyl. Mm. That's true. Uh, yeah. she, she, reveals, she reveals it's just the grunge tank from uh, <laughs> from Crinkly yeah. Bottom. So. Yeah. That's, it. Yeah. That's it. And then she vomits so. all over the table. <laughs> <laughs> ah. Oh, boy. So, yes, here we go. So, uh, a note I've made here about this uh, part of the series where they're, mm. they're trying to break through to the security room. Astrid's gone down there through the secret side tunnel. Mm. Everything's going to hell. All these threads are coming together. Salamander's great scheme is being blown and, and the final confrontation's approaching. And uh, for a long time, none of it involves the Doctor or the companions mm. at no, all. Yeah. No, because no. this is ultimately a story about some other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so, yes, here we are. And, uh, or so you think near the end because we have oh. the uh, 
uh, confrontation between Salamander and uh, Bill Kerr, Tab. And he mm-hmm. says, uh, oh, you threw me under the bus, Tab. And uh, then Salamander says, what a mistake it's a maker. And then the doctor mm. reveals that it was him all along. So <gasps> Bill Kerr's involvement in the original uh, Devastation Natural Disasters plan is revealed mm. due yeah. to the doctor's clever Mexican deception. <laughs> and that this is, this is the one thing... Turns out he's not called Kent, he's called Cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I was christened Charles so Cunt, as you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like John Cleese and Cheese. I yeah. may well be, it He's may well be spelt cunt. It's cunt with a K. Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes you feel better. Pronounced bouquet. <laughs> Giles Cunt pronounced bouquet. Uh, so then we have all of the the, the wrongans are starting to make their escapes. Sorry, now I'm obsessed with people trying to drink drink cups of tea in front of Kent, but they're too nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Since these six episodes are an episode of food and drink, I'm yeah. imagining every single person, like the man who's about to be poisoned, trying to eat his steak with a knife and fork clattering across the plate as he's so nervous. <laughs> about hyacinth salamander. <laughs> anyway, oh sorry. dear. No, yes, no, so it's, we're nearing the end. We're, we're nearly out of, mm. of this elaborate big bundle of sticks. So yeah. uh, we have salamander. Amanda is trying to escape. Benick makes a break and is immediately caught, obviously. Uh, and uh, also, my favourite Bruce line comes in now. The Brick Shit House says, What a nasty little man you are, to be sure! And I just think that's such a wonderful, concise put down. I love it. Mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> just like, You're an absolute bloody rotter, you are! Rotter, you are! <laughs> what a snivelling little shit you are! Anyway, get rid of him. Uh, and then we have finally the confrontation between Salamander and Kent. Uh, Kent is shot by Salamander. He makes a break for it, pulls the blow everything up lever, which is apparently just in an unguarded cave. But never yep. mind that. Yep. Yeah, uh, they... I love, I love when the carnage rains down and then the smoke clears and you see the Doctor dressed as Salamander. He looks like a man who's just woken up after a stag do. What? He's just all dusty in here. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> he looks like he's had one of those novelty cigars and it's just blown up in his face. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah, Daffy Duck or something. But anyway, so then uh, everybody's fleeing, essentially. And because they're back in the Australasian zone, that was set up earlier, but I skipped over it because it's not important. They're Mm -hmm. finally near the TARDIS, so they can race (gasps) off to find the TARDIS. The companions have got there first because they've been allowed to flee by Bruce. And then suddenly this uh, bedraggled Troughton appears. And of course they assume it's the Doctor. And they welcome him in. And then... uh, Jamie's like, oh, that was probably... uh... Oh, a very fun uh, convention you were out there. And he's like, no, no, it wasn't a convention this time. <laughs> yes, I did have a lovely time, thank you. Uh, did and so did he... you have fun on your adult-only holiday, Doctor? Because <laughs> we had to stay on the kiddies' beach for three days. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the fact that Jamie... by syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that Jamie and Victoria are back into their normal clobber. And it just looks like they're always going to do something illegal on top of a shortbread tin. It's just... (laughs) (laughs) Why are they they like Harold and Hilda? They're like Harold and Hilda. They're just too matching. It's really upsetting. Yeah. That's true. Too well coordinated. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yes, she does. It's very fetching, though. Mm. Uh, I shan't so, you, so you get Salamander now wandering into the TARDIS, but he's all... And suspiciously silent. We don't get what I would have loved to see, which is Salamander trying to do a Patrick Trout impression. Yeah, exactly. Tickety-boo, fish and chips. Let's go into the TARDIS. 
Ooh, he suddenly like becomes that. he suddenly he suddenly becomes the very first Australian Icelandic person ever. <laughs> <laughs> great. Just a weird Complete. combination of accents come out. That's it. Thread the needle. Finish off the story. So anyway, we finally get the Doctor and Salamander face to face with some very nice screen. Only took six episodes. Yeah, never yeah. met before till now. Yeah. No. They didn't have the budget for that. Yeah. Indeed. They they could. And this just goes. This just goes so quick. The last two minutes are like. The end. Although we do get a wonderful thing, which is the great fiend Salamander, who, to all Mm. intents and purposes, it seems is going to escape justice. Mm. Uh, It ends up in the TARDIS with the Doctor and the companions, just flicks the TARDIS on in a desperate bid to escape, we assume. Straight out the door and is lost in the time stream. Yeah. Which I think must be the first time a character's ended up falling into the time stream. Is that true? That's him in the. Uh, three doctors or the five doctors or even the two doctors. He's Omega. But there's not even a, there, there's not even a beat for the doctor to go no. oh he's in the time stream no. or oh no, well, that's the end of him. It just he gets sucked out of a door <laughs> yeah. and then it ends. Well, the like, you're like what? That's it. And pretty much all and no Ledman's got you. What yeah. That's it. And the next serial is the Web of Fear, and I, I'd seen that beforehand actually. And, and it begins mm. with them going, uh, "Oh, what's happened to Salamander?" It's like, "Oh dear, poor fellow, he's fallen into the time stream." And that's it, basically. That's the end of wow. the enemy of the world. Oh, is wow. at the start of the Web of Fear, and then they just sort of write themselves in the TARDIS and end up in the underground, and that's the Web of Fear. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Tom. You're thank welcome. You. I I cannot tell a lie. Trying to summarise that was incredibly stressful, but uh, I've had a lovely time. I mean, like we we no spoilers, but we've got someone who's going to attempt to do that with ghost in a bit uh, (laughs) in the future. Yeah, ghost light's going to be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh my word! And um, correspondence no, about Norm- uh, we did have correspondence. Well, hang on. Mm. Normally Norm- we score it, but oh yeah, we can't, uh, we, we've got to change the way we score it because normally three of us score it out of a hundred. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And if there's now four right. of us, this could this could cause an unfair advantage. Not that I think it will. No, I don't. But, um, <laughs> should we see how it but, goes? Mm. If it goes over three hundred, null and void. Hey guys, it's Christmas. Let's just see how it goes. Mm. If it's over okay, three hundred, which it won't be, it's null and void. It's going to be hundred, right? <laughs> yeah, but it has to be a hundred something, mm. so that falls to you, Mr. Uh, Tom Crowley. You can decide uh, yeah. what. Uh, oh, interesting. I'm a uh, hundred crates to... of milk meat. No, I'm, I'm going to say out of a hundred cl- cruise liners. Uh, hundred cruise liners. <laughs> okay. So, so Tom, um, Tom Crowley, what would be mm. your score? I, I I loved this. I really enjoyed it. It's yeah. it's mental. It takes too long in certain areas. It's six episodes, and do you know what? I, I think it does peg along, and I I just really enjoy it. I think it's a hugely different thing for Doctor Who to do, and it sort of amazes me. It was only the second Doctor where they went, oh, you know, forget all the aliens and stuff. We're just going to do a sort of political thriller with loads of guns. Uh, uh-huh. I, I think it's kind of amazing that they they took that massive swing, and I hugely enjoyed it. I'm going to give it. Um, 80 cruise liners. Fuck Whoa! Wow. Whoa. No, that's reduced Whoa, my then. Yeah. <laughs> um, who next? Who wants to... Um, well, it's usually Tom, Paul, then me. So Tom, right. who next? Uh, I feel like, okay, I feel like this is going to be an ascending order. Um, I, I enjoyed this. <laughs> it cracks along. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I uh, yeah, so I, I enjoyed this a lot. Um, I think it cracks along, but it is. But, but the problem is, is it Doctor Who in its sort of core way? I'd say yeah. it's yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it forty. Gosh, wow. Okay. 
Well, yeah, it just, I remember when I started watching it going, is this, is this Doctor Who? I don't know, I'm not sure if this is Doctor Who anymore. Um, I, mm. Six episodes was too long for me. I mm. didn't think it cracked along. I thought it just, <laughs> oh God. Um, I, if it was, I think if it was four, I would have really enjoyed it a lot more. Okay. However, I, but, uh, I, I, I can't pretend I loved it. I really didn't like it that much. <laughs> <laughs> but I adore Doctor Who and I adore Troughton so much. I love The one thing so I much, wanted yeah. was to see so much more of Troughton and not so much more of Senior Wheelie. <laughs> I just found it. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he has a 30 second makeover and all they do is they brush his hair down and just draw a little bit of extra eyebrow and then there you I just found it all annoying. Um, however, I just I love seeing Troughton episodes and that's my main thing and I get to see the TARDIS I'm going to give it 25 25 cruise liners (laughs) (laughs) okay I enjoyed it but I am completely in agreement with Paul there's two episodes here where basically nothing happens yes (laughs) Um, so it should have been four episodes Uh, I love Troughton like like everybody else Uh, I didn't like the idea about Salamander because it reminded me of a Norman Wisdom film where you have to to impersonate Hitler (laughs) It's very um, uh, Miami uh, Twice as well, isn't it? The, mm. uh, the Only Fools and Horses film. Yeah. Mm. Um, and yeah, it, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, didn't feel like Doctor Who at all. Mm. I got quite bored in places. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it 20. 20. Mm. Okay. It still gets a respect. It's still over 100. Yeah. That's perfect. Mm. It's 165 out of 300. Oh my God, it's well over 100. Yeah. yeah. Out well, of a potential still... 400 cruise liners. Mm-hmm. Out of a potential 400. Well, you can do the maths later and, and work out how that fits in the rankings, which of course yeah. you're keeping very close record of, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> well, we've got a listener who is, so that's good. Yeah, and I, I will yes, say I, I, I see what you mean completely about the fact that it's uh, it, it's very unlike Doctor Who, and I sort of feel I think maybe the reason I like it is that I go if you have this many decades of television, and we've already this is already what year is this that we're into Six, the sixth seventh year of Doctor Who? Oh, it's f- um, fifth. No, it's fifth. Season, yeah, yeah. season yeah. five. Mm. But you've mm. had five uh, five years of, of aliens and, and faraway planets in a show where the characters can go anywhere in time and space. I think you've earned the right to just do a real swing and a, and a massively divergent storyline. Uh, so no, I think you're right. I mean, what I like about kudos it. to the idea of we're going to do something different. Yeah. yeah. But not kudos, because I want Doctor Who, please. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I've got some... very particular. Yeah. I, I know. I've got some correspondence. Oh, hello. Um, so Let's Nick- hear it. From the lawyers of a certain C. Baker. <laughs> <laughs> please, please cease and desist talking about me. Me? Desist? Desist? Me? desist. Persist. Um, <laughs> Nick Burden says, So glad this story reappeared. Much more excitement and intrigue in the story than the soundtrack suggested. Troughton subtly plays Salamander differently. What? Depending... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the Doctor or actually Salamander so well, and it's great to see Bill Kerr being evil rather than Hancock's mate. Yeah, uh, Ben Thomas says that bit in part one where Doctor's left alone to tend Astrid's wounds. We get a glimpse of the real Trouton, don't we, Randy old Stoke? He's got high hopes of a guided tour of Sheen Ferrier's knickers during the tea break. No, no, no! Go too fast, there. You go too fast. Barnaby Sultan says, "Why did Salamander push Victoria off a building?" To kill her. Oh, nice. Very nice. Greg Newport says, you can see why Pat was a lady killer in that picture, picture the smooth bastard. 
Yeah. Uh, and Tom, Tom Burgess says, <clears throat> read the news of Enemy and Webb's return backstage at a gig in a library in Loughborough. The gig mm. was bad, but finding out this would be there when I got home made it pretty special. The final scene proves Troughton made it a contractual requirement that he got to cry out in terror at least once in every role he ever took. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true when you think about it. The Omen uh, mm. gets skewered. Yeah. Ah, yeah. There you are. Does, does he, he do, do it in Box of Delights? Yeah, Box yes. of Delights, he gets fucked by wolves at the end. <laughs> Oh no, the wolves are running. Inspired, inspired the Revenant as well. So. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, Tim mm. Smith says Troughton is a gift. With only episode three for years, it was very odd to see Jamie in a spacesuit and Doctor <laughs> e- and um, evil Doctor without context, but still lots of fun. When the full thing came out, I couldn't help noticing how similar it is to Miami Twice, which just adds ah. to the mad joy of it all. So, Tom, similar to your thoughts? There. Yeah. Oh. And then there's my favourite comment from Paul O'Neill, who says, mm. I can't watch this. I have, sorry, I need to laugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard this expression before. And <clears throat> here we go. Okay. I, I can't watch this without imagining two Troutons doing a, a, a wobbly rugby goal with Astrid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Wow. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh. <sighs> Good lord. Uh, and, um, <laughs> the yeah. yeah. And, and that is it for the comments. For <laughs> wow. Very yeah. fitting, I think. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, well, Tom Crowley, thank you so much. My immense pleasure. Thank you for having me. I love this show. It's been a great treat to be on. Oh, yeah. thank you. That was immense fun. Yeah. Mm. Oh, well, glad to, glad to hear it. Can I, I plug my, my show? Please do, please yes. do. Yes. So, for the love of God, everybody listening to this, listen to Crowley Time with me, Tom Crowley, my sketch comedy podcast uh, with the stamp of approval from Mr. John Rain. Hello. Uh, at the very least. Uh, he, he says it's fine, at least. Yeah. So, please listen to that if you are out of wheezing, groaning pods and you want something else to enjoy. It's eminently serviceable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Fully competent is what John yeah. said. Yeah. Put that on the poster. Very nice. I listened to one of the episodes and I was absolutely <laughs> disgusted. <laughs> In my mind's eye. He had his bum out and he couldn't see it, but I could tell from the voice. <laughs> I could still remember Crowley's rimming sketch like it was <laughs> yesterday. Because the sound effects, it. they were so vivid. <laughs> <laughs> like he was actually doing it with the cast members. That sketch where he played two Patrick Troutons having sex simultaneously with the same woman was absolutely grotesque. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when my husband came back with the script as wallpaper and now my dad rail spells out that ridiculous sketch. <laughs> oh, every time I walk through the kitchen, twixt the living room, when my husband's on all fours, oh, stop it, Paul, stop it. <laughs> oh, my fridge want... magnets now just say cunt over and over and over again. <laughs> That's better. I want to That's hear better. Tom Neenan saying, in my mind's eye, crowling. <laughs> my mind's eye, the doctor... Crowley. Yay! Yay! <laughs> hey! I'm again. Beautiful note. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're, we're coming up to Christmas, so mm-hmm. happy Christmas from all, everyone here. Yes. Uh, we've got two more Christmas specials to come your way. We do. We over do. the mm-hmm. festive period. They might pop up before or during or just after, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, hopefully not just after. Mm. Uh, betwixt New Year, perhaps. Mm. Nice. I'll astride, astride, a New Year. Astride, astride like, Astrid. There we are. Like, yeah. <laughs> the parabellum mm-hmm. between Christmas Ooh. and New Year. Nice. Um, nice. Yes. The yeah. feltrum of mm. the Yuletide season. <laughs> <laughs> can, um, I, can I give a wheezing, groaning, uh, happy holidays message? Yeah. Yes, please. Sill Zun's greetings. Oh. 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 
<laughs> I want the holiday to come again, but still, and his little C5 going down the road. Right. All, all the children coming out of the houses to wave it. Doing, doing the Coca Cola advert. Holidays are coming. Was he three, three big muscly men chasing after him, spraying him with coke? <laughs> oh. Anyway, um, follow uh. the podcast at Weezing Pod. <laughs> Uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll see you next time for further wheezing, groaning. Goodbye, Tom Neenan. Goodbye. Goodbye, Paul Litchfield. Goodbye. Goodbye, Tom Crowley. Goodbye, John. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Say you don't love him. My salamander. I'm Ellie Gibson. And this is our new show, Extra Life. It's basically us talking to funny people about video games. When I was a kid, it was Grand Theft Auto. There's Sinclair ZX Spectrum. We talk about the games people remember from when they were kids and what they're playing now. Guitar Hero. The Last of Us 2. Combat on the Atari 2600. No, I love Pokemon. Anyway, find us anywhere you get your podcasts. Extra Life. GreatBigOwl.com